In commemoration of the World Press Freedom Day this May 3, Bullet Latin's sixth episode will discuss the state of press freedom around the world. Now more than ever, the role of media is important as the world grapples with a deadly disease. Access to information could save lives, while disinformation and censorship could cause death. This is Manchani Tilendo of Bulatlat, and I will be your moderator for this week's episode titled Resisting the Lockdown on Truth. We would like to thank IFEX for their support to this special episode. IFEX is a worldwide network of over 100 non-governmental organizations that promote and defend the right to press freedom, or the right of freedom of expression as a fundamental human right. We are fortunate to have three women journalists who will share with us the threats faced by their colleagues while covering coronavirus disease 2019, or also known as the COVID-19, and their efforts to uphold and defend press freedom and misinformation. So for our first speaker, of course, we have Ronaline Olea, managing editor of Bullet Lat, and she will discuss the attacks on Filipino journalists amid the COVID-19 pandemic. She has also been an active member of the International Association of Women in Radio and Television and the National Union of Journalists of the Philippines. Hi, Adeline. How are you? Thank you, Mench, uh, for the introduction. And thank you, Ape Penrata, for joining us in this episode of Bulat Latan. Like in other countries, repression against the media has intensified since um, the declaration of health emergency. So, President Rodrigo Duterte's administration enacted a new law called as uh, Heal as One Act, but um, recent actions of the government translated to uh, silencing of critics. The emergency powers given to the president has allowed for more abuses. Uh, for example, the fake news provision in the newly enacted law penalizes free speech. Uh, this is the first time that a law was passed uh, discussing fake news. And in the Philippines, there, there was no definition of fake news before the enactment of this uh, new law. So critics, journalists, and even the academe have all pointed out that such law penalizes free speech because who determines which is fake? And this is, uh, has also created a chilling effect, not only among journalists, but uh, more importantly, among ordinary citizens. And in fact, uh, for the past weeks, we have seen uh, the repression of journalists, artists, and method sense or critical of Duterte. Uh, for example, an, an, an artist who is based in Cebu, uh, Maria Victoria Beltran, was detained for two days and was charged with uh, cybercrime law for posting a satirical uh, comment. Uh, two journalists based in Cavite were also charged for violation of Bayanihan Hill as one act, uh, purportedly for spreading false information on the COVID-19 crisis. So even student journalists are not spared from harassment 
uh, editors and staff of today's Corellinian, the official student publication of the University of San Carlos in Cebu, were reprimanded by Cebu Governor Gwen Garcia for publishing an editorial critical of the local government's uh, measures against COVID-19. Another student editor, uh, the editor-in-chief of UE Don, was threatened with cyber libel for criticizing the government's military response to the COVID-19 pandemic. And cyber libel in the Philippines has higher penalties compared to ordinary libel. So what we see is an intensifying repression and chilling effect because of the new law that is being weaponized against citizens. Another violation or attack on press freedom is the creation of, or is the imposition of an unnecessary requirement for media to get um, ID passes from a government agency. So alternative media outfits like Bolatlat, Kodao Productions, and other media were denied accreditation even as the task force initially said that they would not deny anyone uh, accreditation application. So we're not allowed to cover areas under quarantine and it has uh, affected our operations because uh, the whole of Luzon, the entire Luzon has been placed under enhanced community quarantine or lockdown. What is even more enraging uh, at this time of pandemic is the continuous red tagging against journalists. Even the national organization, the biggest organization of journalists in the country, the National Union of Journalists of the Philippines, has been repeatedly vilified and red tagged by a national agency supposedly tasked to counter insurgency. So this was a tweet from the National Task Force on uh, to end the local communist armed conflict uh, last April 24, listing NUJP as one of the organizations supposedly uh, fronts of the communists. Our colleagues in the Northern Dispatch were also publicly vilified as communist terrorists by elements of the military and their army of trolls. So the Northern Dispatch was uh, tagged as a propaganda arm of the New People's Army. It's the uh, armed group of the Communist Party of the Philippines. And its staff and editors were vilified as communist terrorists. And such red tagging in the Philippines endangers the life of our colleagues. In fact, one of our one of the correspondents of Nordis, Northern Dispatch, who used to be based in Ifugao, survived an assassination attempt last August 2019. Uh, fortunately, he survived the attack, but the incident forced him to leave the country because he is no longer safe. He was previously red-tagged and vilified as a leader of the communists in Ipugao before he was shot by suspected military agents. Uh, 
another colleague who is based in the Eastern Visayas, uh, Frenchie May Kumpio, was arrested uh, last February along with four other human rights defenders and charged with illegal possession of firearms and explosives. So Frenchie May was publicly presented by the military as a high-ranking New People's Army official. And Frenchie, like her colleagues who had been arrested, was only in her 20s and she was, uh, she is a uh, the executive director of Eastern Vista, an online media outfit, which has been consistent in exposing military atrocities in the region of Eastern Visayas. So un until now, Frenchie May is still detained in Palo Leyte, and amid the COVID-19 pandemic where detention cells are highly congested, we demand for her immediately. And amid the pandemic, cyber attacks against Northern Dispatch uh, have been recorded since April 11. Like what uh, Bulatlat and other alternative media outfits have experienced, uh, cyber attackers attempted to bring down the website of Northern Dispatch. And of course, uh, we can only we can only point the blame to state security forces who have been consistent in maligning our colleagues in the Northern Dispatch. Even before the COVID-19 pandemic, attacks on the media by the Duterte administration have been very vicious. Uh, the cases against Rappler are still pending. Uh, the renewal of the franchise of ABS-CBN, one of the largest media outfits in the country, is also not yet passed. And Duterte himself publicly threatened ABS-CBN and even the Philippine Daily Inquirer of being charged with a tax evasion case. So it's not really surprising that the recent World Press Freedom Index released by the reporters without borders, place the country uh, 134th out of 180 countries in the latest World Press Freedom Index. And under the Duterte administration, the National Union of Journalists of the Philippines has recorded 16 Filipino journalists who have been gunned down under this administration. So what we are witnessing now is a further restriction of our rights to press freedom and free speech. But uh, we can say that the Filipino people and the Philippine media community have been very vigilant in defending our rights, our democratic rights, even as threats and attacks continue against uh, ordinary netizens uh, that that did not uh, does not stop us from being very vocal in asserting our rights and in fighting back for our democratic rights uh, as journalists uh, because it is our duty to uphold the truth and it is our duty to inform the public especially in this time of pandemic where uh, violations of human rights 
are being committed uh, due to the militarist approach adopted by this uh, government. Uh, that's all from my end, and thank you so much for joining us once again in this uh, episode of Bulaklakan. Um, we join our colleagues all over the world in commemorating the World Press Freedom Day this May 3, and we would like to thank IFEX, Global Voices, um, Reporters Without Borders also for uh, mirroring our website and for other journalists all around the world in being vigilant in fighting for our rights. Our second speaker, Ratna Arianti, the Southeast Asian Coordinator of the International Federation of Journalists, will share the trends in Asia-Pacific region. IFJ has seven affiliates in the Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, Timor-Leste, Cambodia, Myanmar, and Thailand. Prior to joining IFJ, Ratna worked as a journalist in Jakarta for more than 10 years and completed her master's degree in international journalism in the University of Leeds in 2016, funded by Chevening Scholarship. And uh, of course, and without further ado, take it okay. away, Ratna. Thank you. Um, I want to share my, my screen. Is it possible? Okay. Yes, I think I think it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to speak about um, protecting the press freedom during the COVID-19 pandemic in the region, uh, especially in South, Southeast Asia. And I will also uh, talk a bit about South Asia. So, um, but first of all, I would like to introduce IFJ. Uh, so we established in 1926. Currently, we are the, the world's largest organization of professional journalists, uh, representing 600,000 journalists in 146 countries. Our uh, goal and aim is supporting journalists and their unions uh, for their rights for uh, better working condition and also professional rights. And IFJFP uh, is based in Sydney. Uh, in Southeast Asia, we have seven affiliates in seven countries. And in South Asia, we have uh, representatives from Afghanistan, Bangladesh, Bhutan, India, Maldives, Nepal, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka. Um, speaking about uh, the role of journalists in uh, during the pandemic, I think um, now it's really essential to have journalists because they play uh, various roles, like they need to educate citizens. Um, when times are bad, like uh, nowadays, reporters um, back to the to their uh, roots where they act to this, this, the, uh, to spread the information for the public, uh, instructed them about what uh, should they do what should not they do, who to call, what to look for, and where to go. And also ex explaining the science, because this the, we know that the virus is, is new, and um, so it's, it's, it's important for the journalists to explain the science to the, uh, for the citizen. 
and also unraveling the narrative play by politicians. We have seen a number of, um, you know, like a lack of transparency in different countries. Also, um, where the government is not really serious, like in some countries in, in the beginning, like in February and March, they still feel like the virus is not really a serious problem. So um, we, we, we see uh, the lack of uh, a serious uh, uh, effort for, from the government to tackle this virus. And it's very important for the journalists to always um, keep their eye on, on, on the government. And also, I think one of the most important thing for the journalists nowadays is uh, doing the fact checking because we have, I, this is the greatest battle for the journalists uh, to combat with the disinformation and misinformation about uh, so many myths uh, during the corona, uh, uh, so many myths um, spreading uh, related with the coronavirus. However, um, even though we know that the journalists uh, play an, a very essential role and important um, role uh, during the pandemic, um, they are still facing a crisis and um, various threats. Um, this is a survey uh, we IFJ conducted between 26 and 28 April. So we gather more than 1,300 uh, frontline journalists in 77 countries, so it's global. We have various uh, respondents from Asia as well. And the result shows that three in four journalists have, has, have faced official restrictions, obstruction or intimidation in reporting on COVID-19. Um, I will tell you the details in Asia in the, in the previous uh, slides. Um, and the two thirds of staff and freelance journalists have, have also suffered uh, pay cuts. Um, they lost the revenue as well job losses, uh, especially for the correspondents and freelancers, and also canceling commissions or uh, worsening working conditions. We have seen journalists went to the field um, uh, in interviewing sources without using the mask. They don't have any hand sanitizers, so it's also one of the problem in terms of the safety of journalists. And nearly every freelance journalist has lost revenue or work uh, opportunities. So it's, it's very difficult times for the journalists. And not only that, um, the mental health issue is also one of the challenge. So more than half of all journalists are suffering from stress and anxiety. Um, I, the, uh, like many of them are working from home, but working from home also have um, another impact for journalists. Um, so also they think about the job security as well. So it's also uh, one of the pressure that uh, the, the journalists uh, are facing nowadays. And more than a quarter lack, lack essential equipment to uh, enable them to work safely from home. And one in four lack any protective equipment to work in the field. Uh, we have seen a very competitive uh, opportunity for the freelance to be able to submit their stories. So um, they uh, they cross the barrier by uh, like looking for the footage in the hospitals, for instance, even though uh, they don't uh, wear any protective equipment. And also we have uh, we we have found that dozens of journalists have been arrested, face lawsuit, or or being assaulted when they cover. Uh, COVID-19 stories. 
And more than a third of journalists have shifted their focus to covering COVID-19 related stories. One of the respondents from India saying that press freedom has become increasingly restrictive. Journalists have been arrested for reporting stories highlighting the government's shortcomings. That's, that's uh, the result of the survey from global perspective. Mm. Now, we, uh, we, I want to talk about the Southeast Asia and South Asia. In, if we uh, take a look at uh, several challenges that the journalists and media workers in the region um, are facing nowadays, um, one of them is emergency laws. We know that uh, Philippines is one of the uh, country uh, already declared uh, the act related with the COVID-19 as well. And um, some countries uh, also have um, the same uh, law like uh, Thailand as well. And uh, in Indonesia, even though they don't call it, uh, in Indonesia, the pressure is coming when the National police uh, established the special task force to uh, increasing the monitoring in the social media. And also, we have seen the uh, 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 journalists uh, arrested. In India, for instance, uh, the founder of Simplicity, Andrew Sam Raja Pandian, uh, this is a bilingual news portal in, um, in India. And uh, he was arrested for uh, his report that were critical of the government's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic. And um, also our colleague in Cambodia, Sofan Riti, he is the director of the TVFB news site, it's an online um, broadcasting. Uh, he was arrested on the, uh, in Tuesday, April 7, simply for quoting uh, Prime Minister Hun Sen, who advised uh, motorbike ta taxi drivers to sell their vehicles if the COVID-19 pandemic leaves them in financial ruin. So basically, uh, he quotes uh, a source who are, who are prime minister and then broadcasting it, and then he got arrested um, for doing his job as a journalist. And also a uh, restriction. Uh, I know that in the Philippines, uh, media needs to get the media accreditation to be able to cover uh, uh, story uh, during the lockdown, and in Zamboanga City, uh, in Zamboanga City, uh, Jonathan Jelen, a reporter of eMedia Production Network Inc., he was asked by security personnel to uh, leave the uh, city hall because he, he he didn't have any identification card. We know that. Um, the opportunity for the independent media and small media outlets to be able to secure the identification card was very hard. And then also we need to, uh, the journalists also need to face the accusation of spreading false information. So we see um, the uh, effort for the government to stem uh, hawks for the coverage done by, done by the journalists. And this is very uh, danger for us, for the journalists, um, because it will reduce the trust from the public to our uh, coverage and um, reporting. And also job security. Uh, I have seen many reports from uh, different countries in the region 
where they have uh, pay cuts, and also for the respondent, uh, respondent, correspondent, and freelancer, um, the the media outlets, the, the newsrooms, they started to limit the number of stories that they can uh, submit to the newsroom. So it means small income, uh, less income that they that they that they can get, and also layoff. Especially for the local media in the province, um, and also the essential issue for journalists is safety of journalists. Um, we know that this virus can spread easily, so it's it's really important for the journalists to um, equip themselves with the protection kits like masks, and also uh, be able to wash their hand regularly by carrying hand sanitizer, and also disinfectant if they bring um, equipments like camera um, uh, when they cover stories on the field. By but we have seen that um, the not all the media outlets or not all the freelancers uh, they will be able to protect themselves with this. And then, but we have, we have seen number of initiative in the region. One of the example that I will show is uh, coming from the Nepal, um, done by the Federation of Nepali Journalists, FNG. Since the beginning, they uh, are cooperating with different uh, institution and organization, including the Ministry of Health and Population, and also the Red Cross. So thanks to the collaboration, they can disperse uh, 5,000 masks and also sanitizer and gloves and hundreds of press jackets to journalists, not only in the capital city, but also in the province, so small cities outside Kathmandu. And also they have a collaboration with health and human humanitarian organizations to provide regular health professional uh, checkup for journalists and establish human rights monitoring team to be able to monitor the uh, human rights uh, violation during the pandemic. Um, another uh, effort that they uh, made is coordinating with local governments to provide relief package for the media. Um, but we believe that um, Effort, global effort also should be done in, to be able to tackle this crisis and challenges for the for the journalists. So, um, IFJ has launched global platform for quality journalism. So we have like uh, in the documents there are some uh, there are some initiatives that the unions and also journalist association can do um, to um, create a and promote a sustainable, ethical, and publicly supported information economy. Um, here are some urgent measures um, to be able to support media professional. Um, for instance, uh, we, we want them to open negotiations with uh, big companies in tech industry like Google, Apple, Facebook, Amazon, and Microsoft um, to collect a tax on revenues. The, the fund can be channeled to support independent and uh, independent uh, media outlets um, and also to give priority uh, supporting the journalists including freelancers 
by creating a social protection fund and national minimum wage and also exempt journalists from income tax and granting them uh, bank loans at reduced rates. Uh, this initiative has been done. Uh, I saw a couple days ago, last week, uh, Ministry of Finance in Indonesia has declared that uh, media industry is one of the sector that uh, can be that uh, receive a tax deduction. It's good so that it will add more cash to the media owners so that they can pay salary for the journalists instead of laying them off. And we also call on companies to reserve seats on their boards for workers' unions because um, during the crisis, it is better for the journalists to um, to negotiate with the owner uh, through the unions. And we also, um, one of the uh, urgent measures that we uh, push is, uh, is government reform in the media ownership rules to allow for greater pluralism of information. So I want to end my slide with uh, one quote. I believe and we must believe that informa information must remain a public good. So um, I, 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 I hope that um, I, have, I will be able to see um, positive initiatives from um, many affiliates and unions in the region so that it will um, ensure the, not only the safety uh, and the protection of media workers while they are doing their job, but also to making sure that the job is still there even after the pandemic uh, ended. So thank you. All right, thank you very much, Ratna, for that uh, great discussion. No? Thank you for also sharing with us the general situation of media practitioners or journalists in the Asia-Pacific region. And uh, it's very good to take note uh, about what you said on how media practitioners from all around the world face uh, that kind of repression from the government because we have a crucial capacity to expose what the government does or what it does not do, especially at a time of a global health crisis. Like uh, any other crisis, uh, the COVID-19 pandem pandemic has made it uh, more challenging for journalists and media organizations to do their work, and uh, particularly in countries and regions uh, that have a poor record when it comes to press freedom. However, this is a health crisis and uh, the stakes are higher and as a result, there is a more urgent need uh, for informed uh, reporting. Um, however, over the past uh, few weeks um, and in my work with uh, Global Voices as the lead editor for Advox, uh, a project dedicated to promoting on freedom of expression and uh, digital rights. Um, I've noticed um, several uh, se several violations against uh, journalists and media um, reporting on on uh, the pandemic, and um, there are three main uh, train trends that I would like to uh, to go through in this uh, presentation. Um, 
the first uh, trend or the first type of violations is in relation to uh, uh, restricting uh, journalists' access to uh, information on the pandemic and uh, prosecutions against those who uh, cover and particularly provide uh, critical coverage in relation to government's uh, response to uh, the pandemic. Um, to give a few examples, uh, earlier uh, this week, uh, the Hungarian uh, Civil Liberties Union uh, published um, a research um, according to which uh, journalists in the country have been struggling to access information on the pandemic and this is uh, due to the Hungarian government's uh, adoption of a centralized approach when it comes to sharing uh, information uh, related to uh, the pandemic. Uh, the same um, problem was uh, faced by journalists in uh, Serbia in late March. Uh, the Serbian government adopted a controversial uh, decree um, that uh, allowed it or that made it the only entity or um, uh, in, in the country responsible for providing uh, information or for informing uh, the public about uh, the pandemic, uh, the decree was actually used to also er to, to arrest uh, journalists uh, who uh, provided uh, coverage on, on the pandemic. Um, uh, however, um, and luckily the Serbian government uh, later uh, decided to uh, revoke uh, this uh, decree after a few days because of uh, criticism it faced. Uh, Finally, um, there are also uh, the prose prosecutions um, um, of those um, covering um, this, uh, the pandemic. Um, in, in my home country, in, in Tunisia, um, uh, which actually made uh, commendable progress when it comes to freedom of expression, press freedom, and media freedom since 2011, most, uh, most recently two uh, bloggers were actually arrested and uh, put on trial for publishing videos on Facebook in which they criticized uh, local authorities in their town uh, um, and accused them of, um, of, um, of corruption when it comes to the distribution of um, aid uh, uh, related to, to, to the pandemic or during this uh, pandemic. Um, the second uh, trend, uh, which is uh, a very dangerous trend, is actually um, the use of the pandemic by governments, by certain governments, uh, as a pretext and an opportunity to further uh, intensify uh, their crackdown on press and media freedoms and freedom of expression in general. Uh, for example, in, uh, in a few countries in um, Six countries, I think, in, in the Middle East, including uh, Morocco, uh, Jordan, and, and Yemen, um, governments and the authorities uh, actually decided to stop uh, the printing and the distribution of print newspapers, uh, even though there is no scientific evidence that they actually do help or do um, 
pose um, a risk when it comes to the spreading of the novel uh, coronavirus. Um, in another example from Algeria, um, um, over the past, since February 2019, um, uh, Algerians have been taking uh, to the streets to protest against the ruling regime, but also to, uh, and, and also to, to, um, to, um, to, to end or to, to demand an end to the role of the military in uh, uh, its place in, in politics. Um, and of course, the Algerian government responded by cracking down on the protesters, including shutting down the internet and also arresting uh, activists and journalists and uh, bloggers. And while the protesters have actually put on hold their uh, protest movement uh, because of uh, health uh, risks, uh, the Algerian government actually continued its uh, crackdown, um, including uh, by blocking uh, news websites most recently, and also by adopting uh, a dangerous uh, fake news bill. And, uh, and uh, according to this bill, um, those who spread this type of content can face between one to three years in jail and that sentence can actually reach five years if uh, the offense uh, takes place at um, the offense takes place at um, uh, during a health lockdown or uh, during uh, a catastrophe and uh, once again, another example is from Hungary, according to, uh, once again, the research of the uh, Hungarian Civil Liberties Union, uh, smear campaigns uh, against independent media and journalists actually are further intensified uh, during this, uh, this pandemic. Uh, and finally, the other trend I wanted to briefly mention is, of course, the spread of mis- and uh, disinformation. And, of course, while mis- and disinformation, uh, they represent, uh, they are harm harmful uh, in themselves uh, as they pollute the online environment and also make it difficult for people to find uh, and access truthful information um, and and access informed reporting. Um, these, this type of content uh, could actually also be overwhelming to newsrooms and uh, organizations, but particularly small organizations and uh, small, uh, small newsrooms, which uh, while uh, in instead of you know, al allocating their limited resources, to uh, to field reporting and covering um, uh, topics such, such as the impact of the pandemic and um, focus on whether um, the the responses of 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 the governments and the authorities to the pandemic are uh, sufficient or not, they now have to focus uh, on fact checking. Uh, and while of course uh, it's very important for journalists and organizations to do fact. Uh, checking, um, uh, this could be particularly challenging for uh, smaller organizations as they lack the uh, needed resources. How do we fight back? How do journalists fight back, especially at a time of heightened vilification, crackdown? 
red tagging, even in journalists, how do how do we fight back? Maybe we can start with uh, Atelen. Ah, okay. Uh, we, who, who wants to start? We continue to fight back by uh, launching campaign. So before COVID-19, we were very active in pushing for the renewal of franchise of APS-CBN so that they can continue to operate. And of course, uh, even now during the pandemic, we we are very vocal. The Filipino, the Philippine media community has been very vocal in criticizing efforts of the government to muzzle the media. So in this May 3, the NEJP has a list of activities uh, for the observance of the World Press Freedom Day. And we are very uh, happy to join the IFJ, AdVox, the IFEX, and other uh, media organizations in other parts of the world in standing up for truth amid all the disinformation and attacks on our rights. All right. Thank you for that, Atelen. How about uh, Ratna? I think Even one of the... Oh, sorry. I think one of the key that journalists uh, uh, can do during the pandemic and to be able to fight back is to have collaboration among each other. Um, I, I, I see that um, numbers of initiatives have been done by the unions. And tomorrow we'll have a May Day. Um, so it's also YouTube will march uh, and it will be like a big gathering for the journalists to fight their rights. Um, to uh, improve our working conditions, but since the physical distance uh, tomorrow, uh, we will, uh, in most of our affiliates, we will have an online campaign. So uh, we should stop to fight for our rights because journalism matters. I cannot imagine not having a journalism, a proper journalism and independent media in this pandemic. Um, so um, collaboration, um, keep making a noise. Um, it seems like uh, probably in some countries, it seems like it's a very uh, long way to go, but I'm sure that if we keep making a noise and, not, and refuse to be silenced, um, uh, I, at the end, we will uh, we will uh, we will reach our uh, goals. It's 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 a long way to go, but um, we shouldn't stop, uh, even in the pandemic. Thank you. All right, thank you very much, Ratna. Now let's hear from Afef. Definitely keep uh, making noise, um, and I think this is at least. This is what what we do at Global Voices at Vox. Um, our project is dedicated to reporting on freedom of expression and digital rights issues. And from our part, uh, we will continue to fight by reporting on those violations against the journalists and media organizations doing their work, and also raise awareness that uh, censorship here is not is not the solution. Censorship um, actually does more harm than good. And um, that's what we will keep keep doing uh, during this pandemic and, and beyond. All right, thank you very much, 
Ref, thank you to all our speakers. And uh, that is very noteworthy at a time when the government and the authorities are doubling their efforts to attack media, to attack media practitioners, young journalists, alternative uh, media journalists, at a time when they are silencing us. It's high time. It's also the same time that we make our voices louder and tell the truths of the marginalized and vulnerable. This is very timely, especially as we commemorate another year of uh, freedom of expression, the years-long struggle of journalists in fighting for our right to freedom of expression. So again, thank you very much to our speakers for today. This has been uh, our episode of Bulat Latin, and we hope that uh, you will be with us for our next episodes and let us all keep safe, especially at a time of a global health crisis. Thank you very much.